Thank you for joining us on another episode of We Watched WandaVision. And boy, was this one a doozy. Uh, Episode 5 of WandaVision just broke the internet. It broke my brain. Uh, And, you know, we're so excited to talk about it. I am joined today by my ever-present co-host, Pete. What's up? Welcome back to Westview. Phil's here, too. He got a house. Yeah, I just moved in. I don't even know where it came from, honestly. If you can't see it on the audio version, I'm in a 90s house. Kale's here. Yay. And joining the West Westview Review crew is Kale's wife and comics editor and the better half. <laughs> Easily. Jess. <laughs> who hey. has joined us many times before. Thank you so much for joining us, Jess. Welcome hey back. I got some things to say. You are not giving her enough credit. <laughs> I am Jessica's husband. That's true. I said she was the better half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before we dive into the spoilerific conversation about this episode of WandaVision, I want to let you guys know that the Comics Pals, typically we have a weekly show, weekly podcast, where we talk about all manner of things. Wanda and Vision are two of the many characters we talk about week in and week out on our main show. We talk comics, movies, television, all that jazz. We review comics, we do book clubs, all manner of different things. So if you're into comics and you're into these characters, you're going to want to listen to our main show or check out our book clubs or our past movie reviews, all that stuff. Um, and if you want to show some support, you can leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. You can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. Check, check us out on social media at the Comics Pals. Uh, you can listen to us on YouTube if you're already doing that. Thank you very much. Make sure that you guys are liking, subscribing, all the stuff you know how to do. Uh, and we have a Discord server. You can come join in on the conversation about this episode of WandaVision. If you go to our TV party channel, you will only see black boxes because we are only talking spoilers and there is no other way <laughs> to talk about this episode of WandaVision. So before we uh, really, really get into the nitty gritty, Jess, uh, given that you're new to this town, mm-hmm. why don't you share your thoughts with us about the show so far prior to this episode? So, so far, I love it. I think it's really, really cool. Um, I am a big fan of kind of old sitcom stuff. So all the references in that, like um, we watched the Dick Van Dyke show and obviously the first episode was 60s, was 50s, 60s. So that was all that. So that was really cool. I just think it's really clever. Mm. I think that it is stuff we've seen before and it's stuff that we can guess at, but it's done in a fun way and it's, it's just a lot different from the rest of the MCU and it's the first thing. And to be honest, I've wanted the show. This is kind of like, I feel like when we talked about Captain Marvel, this was something I've been waiting for, for many, many years. Um, being a big fan of Scarlet Witch. Um, I do have a fun fact to share if that's okay Please. with you. Um, so my 21st birthday party was actually on the day the world was supposed to end. I don't know if you remember these days, 21st sure. of December, 2012. It was I'll supposed never forget to be. It apocalypse um so i had my 21st birthday party was a superheroes and sci-fi party and i went dressed as scarlet witch for that party that's awesome find a picture you can put it on social media if you like it's embarrassing but it's fine 
I'll show it to you now. This is the kind of thing I live for. <laughs> this is the content we need. Nice. Yes! Oh my god. That looks great. Uh, also, I'm next to Bender, who my friend... Oh, that's actually, that's really good, too! <laughs> but yeah, so just to say that I'm kind of biased because I've been wanting this for so long, but I, I really think it's living up to its potential and its hype. I'm I'm sorry, how old was were you for that birthday? 21. Okay. I was going to say, if that, I thought I didn't remember if you said 21 or 16, and I was like, at 16, these costumes are very <laughs> impressive. Still, wow. Made out of Still good. Don't get me wrong. I'm just even more impressive if you're yeah. a kid with no money. <laughs> now, Kel, you say something cool, too. That's impossible. Yep. Have you met him? Uh... I'm, I've got a, you guys remember track jackets? i got an X-Men track jacket on. Have you shown them it yet? No. Come on. Come on, turn around. Cool. Cool, cool. Oh, that is pretty cool. You should have shown that a long time ago. Yeah, this is actually really good. Oh my that god, is good. that Kale, is you suck, dude. That's hot. That's awesome. <laughs> so, you know, he's also in the spirit of the of the X Men. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, uh, one last question, Jess. Now, this is the first show that Marvel has actually produced, as far as like in house. And you said that you're a huge fan of Scarlet Witch. Would you have preferred, like, forget what you know now, right? Before this, would you have preferred a movie? I don't think I would. Hmm. We'll talk about this a bit more, but I think the pacing of the show and cramming everything they do into half an hour and making you wait a week is really good. And I think it really, really works for this format. I've seen a lot of people online saying, how slow it was and I didn't feel that at all. I feel like they cram in so many details that it, it keeps you guessing and keeps you going for more stuff. So I, I sort of everything that happened in the fourth episode, I was kind of like, ooh, that would have been a good like finale. And I would have been quite happy just going along with the sitcoms for a little while longer. But yeah, I think it's really, really interesting. I, I don't think it it would have had that same effect as a movie. I definitely would have seen it and probably would have enjoyed it. But yeah, I think as a show, it, it works really nicely. Okay. Yeah. And I think we all, we all share that uh, sentiment. So let's, let's get into it. And and again, there's no way to talk about this show without full spoilers. So, you know, just assume that if you haven't seen it, you're going to know everything. <clears throat> so this episode is called on a very special episode and <laughs> like, episodes of sitcoms where it is that very special episode it does get pretty emotional and there are some heavier things that the characters are dealing with wanda and vision are starting to have some relationship troubles as we transition into what is this like the 80s 90s it was kind of a mix yeah um because the other episodes have been kind of decade by decade and I think we assumed that this one was going to be all 80s. But um, in the intro, the intro was definitely more of a, of a nod to Family Ties, um, which was yes. Michael J. Fox show, uh, if, if you'll recall, in the 80s, um, late 80s. Uh, <clears throat> Love but, Family Ties. Yeah. Uh, there was also a nod to Full House in that. There's the scene of them all sitting on the blanket and they're having the picnic. That's a nod mm-hmm. to the Full House intro. Um, so it definitely seemed like it was kind of a, a bit of a fusion um, but I definitely got like a late eighties, early nineties well, kind of yeah. vibe. Full Full House came out in the late eighties. That's so, true. So yeah. it was like a late eighties, early nineties thing. 
I also saw some maybe Roseanne and how she was dressed. Her hair yeah. too. Her it kind hair, of yeah. reminded me of like Darlene's like, you know, yeah. big like, kind of like swoop. Bomb. It was, yeah, it was... And but even then... like the the suspenders and everything is like a very right. like nineties, you know, early nineties kind of look. Then you exactly. have the, the neighbor and the jazzercise outfit, which is very eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like so... a little bit more mid eighties kind of vibe. Well, and, and even, so even even the twist, which uh, we will get to, but is a very '80s '90s trope sitcom of oh, the long lost family member just shows oh, up. Oh, sure. Actually, I wanted to call that out too. Uh, the family ties thing goes a little bit deeper uh, in this episode, right? There was the whole thing of like the twins are babies, and then all of a sudden they're five years old. That actually happens on Family Ties. Um, Alex P. Keaton is Michael J. Fox's character. He has a younger brother. He's introduced at some point as a baby, and then, like, the he was a baby for a whole season, and then the next season he's five years old with no explanation and no acknowledgement. And that was just what happened. That, that's common among sitcoms, right? Like, even um, The Fresh Prince introduced say, yeah. baby Nikki, and then all yeah. of a sudden he's just, you know... Walking around, um, sassing everybody. Yeah. yeah. God, that kid um, but, was so cute. <laughs> this, this is not much narratively you can do with a baby. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You get through it all pretty quick, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just like you've got to cast them, and you usually have twins that you've got to cast so you can swap them out when they're crying or whatever. Because so. of labor laws. More effort. Yeah, it's just funny because usually you don't you don't see, like, a jump, right? Like, it's like you think of, like, Full House, and it was, like, in the first season, Mary-Kate and Ashley were babies, basically. Like, they're... Old, barely toddlers and you see them you know they're like nine years old by the last season or whatever and now they're having weird divorce zoom meetings <laughs> so I haven't heard about this I'll have to look it up <laughs> yeah me neither and this is not even the time Sean I saw your face that went oh I mean it's, it's <laughs> Sean makes that face a lot I feel like <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen is you know it's a throwback for her right you know so uh Wanda is feeling the stress, certainly, of having to keep her illusions active. Uh, And this episode kind of starts with her not being able to control her children. They're crying and she can't use her magic to get them to calm down. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when we get reintroduced to Agnes, the ever-present neighbor with something fishy going on, who offers to help out and something interesting happens and this is where i want to start because i have a theory hmm. and um you know it, it 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 incorporates this so the twins won't sleep agnes offers to help vision and wanda go off to kind of like have an argument because vision doesn't want anyone to interact with the children that closely um and well, While then, they're gone, if you recall, he also he pulls her aside to argue about the the whole break in the fourth wall thing. That's well, but that's later. I'm I'm specifically focused on something okay. that's happening right now. So, uh, they walk away, and then the twins stop crying, and now they're five. And so, my theory, the thing I'm thinking about, um, and it ties into other things later, but let's start with it here. Agnes is the person who's present when the kids start stop crying and age up to five. She's also the person who introduces the dog uh, or who is present when the dog is introduced. She's also the person who finds the dog when the dog is dead, Sparky. 
I believe that Agnes is in control of herself. Do you guys agree with that? I could see it. So I, I, I think that, that there's definitely something there. Whether or not she's totally in control of herself, I guess I'm not sure. But I, I also feel like um, seeing that when you think about the last episode, right, where Vision goes to talk to them and there's that kind of weird interaction he has with her and then Herb. Um, and it seems like she's the one kind of sowing doubt, right? Or that she's going yeah. and like talking about what's going on independently of of Wanda's, you yeah. know, I think guidance. At the very least, she has some sort of awareness because even in that scene you're talking about, Sean, she comes in and when Vision reacts that he doesn't want her to hold the kids she turns to Wanda and she says, oh, do you want me to run that again? So she certainly has some sort of awareness of what's going on, whether she might be some other character maybe could could come up that that it's that. We we see in, in this episode kind of varying degrees of autonomy from characters, and she treats that scene that Jess brought up like an actor that wants to run a scene again because mm-hmm. of a mess up. Uh, later, when Vision is at the office, he phases through his coworker's mind, who clearly had no control and was delivering all these canned sitcom lines. And you see their personal struggles of their actual life. That character has no control of their autonomy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And and I mean right. these these two different wildly different ends of of the spectrum uh, are what causes Vision to question his very reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, again, we've talked about, I think we talked about the fact that Agnes, you know, that name feels like a composite of Agatha Harkness, taking pieces mm-hmm. of, of her first and last names together. And obviously she has a huge connection with Scarlet Witch. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking toward that as something that we're going to be dealing with later. Yeah. I don't know if she is in some way influencing what's happening here. Um, but I've seen a lot of people suggest that Scarlet Witch, while she is the person who's doing this power-wise, that there may be someone behind her kind of, um, you know, influencing her decision-making. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a good, solid theory. I think that grief is very exploitable. Mm-hmm. And if someone were to come to Wanda, who, don't forget, was blipped, to use the words of it, she just came back. Presumably, she came back to the position where she was, where Vision's body was just there. Big oh. fight, great, we win. What do you do after that? And after Tony Stark's funeral, you go try and go back to the life you were trying to build. It could take anyone to come over to that and say, "I know a way we could do that." <clears throat> and maybe that's not, a possibility. Maybe not even <clears throat> just exploit, but. But also remember in this episode, um, the guy that's in charge of Sword, uh, Hathaway, doesn't matter. Believe they so. they point out that uh, her power Hayward, yeah, Hayward, yeah. director. Hayward. Uh, uh, that's funny. You would think that's what Hayward. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, he points out that her powers have never been on this level. 
so it's and and I agree with the the grief point. Mm. I think that's you know I think that that is very astute. But I uh, along with the exploitation, I think we could also like she could uh, she could be like amplifying the Scarlet Witch's powers yeah. as well. Yeah, it, there and are I also a think few the emotional of... state is just so powerful. Yeah. Like it, it, it's it's always the the thing of especially mutants and X Men and thing is you lose control of your powers when you lose control of your emotions. Mm. Therefore, mm -hmm. she could be more powerful than she's ever been because she's in such emotional turmoil. It, you talk about a character like Scarlet Witch being exploited, possibly. I feel like this episode really wanted to us to establish to us that, you know, she has a checkered past, right? Hayward is constantly saying, like, well, look what she did before she was an Avenger, all this stuff. And that kind of feels like it could be a red herring. Like, this could be like kind of a misdirection for Agatha to actually. You talked about how she could be a different character. Well, maybe she's actually the antagonist of this story and mm -hmm. we just don't realize it yet. I think there were a few nods to <clears throat> to maybe at least um, start laying that, planting that seed for people, because um, I remember uh, like obviously the characters who are our more POV characters like Monica Rambeau and and uh, Agent um, Lee, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, whoa, Jimmy. Woo, woo. Sorry. Um, they they obviously are like, well, we don't think Wanda's a terrorist. Like, we don't think that she has malicious intent, right? And those are the characters that we've been asked to follow and identify mm -hmm. with so far. Um, I think that's a point in that direction. But I also think um, there's the conversation with Wanda and Vision near the end that escalates, which I'm sure we'll talk about in detail later, where Wanda makes a comment where she's like, I don't know how this started. Yeah. And yeah, Vision also says, I, 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 I want to believe that you didn't start this on purpose and that you've only recently become aware of what's happening, right? So there's like two specific uh, mentions of that kind of line of thinking that lead me to believe that that's probably where we're going, that maybe it was Agatha started things and then Wanda is, you know, increasingly becoming aware and grappling with it and deciding whether or not she wants to do it, you know, and because we see that with her too, right? Yeah, where she yeah, has absolutely. moments where she breaks and she seems confused. Yeah, and it, they've been building that up from the first episode where she really didn't want to use their powers and she wanted to blend in more to this one where she conjures uh, the dog collar and Vision's like, what the hell? Agnes is right there. And she's like, oh, she didn't see it. It's fine. Like, you <laughs> see that progression through the show too. And I, I do think it's entirely feasible that you can start that off and again this power of suggestion everything you've lost this life that you could have that has been taken away here you go and Wanda just needs to use her powers to fill that up and to keep that going because I really do think that at the start she didn't know what was going on either and she's more and more what, what's the word I, I want to say like conscious of it and is more able to manipulate it because we also saw and this is we're probably jumping ahead but the scene with the dog too and her children want her to bring it back to life she thinks about it she's like well yeah i could do it and then vision comes and she stops mm -hmm. and so i do think that she is manipulating the rules of this world more and more with each episode so yeah maybe it was 
something else started it, but she is certainly using it to her advantage to keep what she wants. So the worlds start to, to blend a bit um, as we as we go forward. Uh, Scarlet Witch is clearly aware that there's a world outside of Westview, um, which a really interesting moment. You guys referenced the argument between Wanda and, and, and Vision uh, that Vision doesn't know what's outside of Westview. He doesn't remember you know, anything about his life prior to now. And I have a theory about that, but I'm going to save that for a little bit later. I want to stick with what happens in Westview for now. We're going to talk about how things collide with the, you know, the outside world um, in just a moment. But uh, we do get introduced to the dog. We mentioned the dog, uh, Tommy and Billy uh, find a dog and, um, you know, they, they, they want to keep it, but they're, they're too young. So they age themselves up to 10 which was so, so funny um, and, and a really good moment. But then the dog gets the name Sparky. And for those of you who have read the Vision comic, you'll remember that the dog in Vision was Sparky. So a nice little nod to uh, Tom King's Vision there. Who um, also didn't have such a great end. <laughs> Just yeah. now remembering that now you said that. Yeah. Motherfuckers Aww. won't let Vision have a dog. <laughs> 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 Not at all. Um, and but then a really pivotal sequence. Um, so it starts, and this is how this this is how clever this show is. So they introduce the idea of Wanda having a sibling when her kids ask her, "Do you have a brother?" And she says, kind of sadly or whatever, like, "Yeah, but he's far away." Um, and then again, when the when sparky dies and again agnes is the person that finds sparky um when sparky is found here's this really you know on a very special episode here's this really emotional moment between wanda and her children where they want to age themselves up so that they don't have to feel this pain of the loss and in this moment of her trying to explain to her children why it's not okay to run from pain. You really connect with the fact that that's kind of what Wanda's doing. Uh, she's saying, well, I can't deal with this. I'm going to bring vision back. I'm going to create a perfect world for, for he and I to live in a sitcom reality where everything works out and we've got the best neighbors and everything else. I'm going to create this world for us. And the kids are like, just bring him back. And, and, and just referenced that scene a little earlier and how she was willing to do it. But at first she resists. At first she's kind of like, that's not the way we do things. You can't just, you know, use your powers to escape pain. And it's like, but she did that, you know? And so it, I felt like that was such a powerful emotional moment. And I think Elizabeth Olsen is doing a tremendous job carrying the weight yeah. of this character who is the most traumatized person in the MCU. I, uh, you mentioned this earlier where she had that inability to control the children. Um, and, and then they, they also kind of like allude to this later during the argument, right? Where she's like, what do you think? Like I'm controlling everyone and I'm sending them to the dentists and, and all that. Um, I, I wondered if uh, in that second moment where the boys are challenging her about the dog, I was kind of getting the impression that it was going to get more intense in the way that the show does sometimes. And I'm like wondering if the fact that she's created these children 
is like a thing that is kind of like somehow an overextension of her mind or her powers because there was the thing that Monica talked about with like the the clothes that she was wearing and the, and they became like made of Kevlar, right? So like the children are real ostensibly but they have to be the manifestation of something. So is that like part of Wanda's psyche? Like, I don't know. I'm very interested to see how that evolves. Do, do you guys know what the twins are in comic law? Yeah. It, you, you mean that how they, she created them, right? Yeah. And yeah. they end up, now I don't remember it, but I did actually just look it up. Cause I was like, I know something about this in the back of my mind from years ago, but the, the twins billy and tommy actually turn out to be some kind of like demon manifestation and she loses mm -hmm. those children mm -hmm. and basically all the rest of the story ends up because of grief because she loses the children she tries to create them again and the, it just never works out like they always disappear oh i do remember that yeah so i'm wondering if the twin setup is gonna lead into that again somehow because you're right like you can't just you know the rules of magic and stuff where you can't just conjure up life there is always something or some sacrifice that's made or something else has to die for it like that's the rules of magic so i i wonder what they're gonna do with it and you know they kept the, the comic names the comic twins billy yeah. and tommy like I, I wonder what's gonna happen with them it'll be to, really interesting to see to that point there's no other children in westview mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah vision yeah. brings that up there's a playground every day that goes unplayed on mm -hmm. to his point jess i want to ask you something do you so do you think um do you think vision survives this series i don't know i don't know i really either. don't know <laughs> i think wanda will do everything she can to keep him alive but i also think that um haywood was alluding to this when he said she defied his living wishes that he yeah. never wanted to be used as a weapon and kept alive to be used. So I wonder if it's going to come down to she'll keep him alive as much as she can, but he will not want that. We're already seeing hints of that, that he's like, you can't just control people. That's not what right. we are. So I really think it's going to come to them having a, having a big fight about it and, we'll see who wins it's a big thing here at play right is the autonomy of people and vision in his living will so, like it's the same thing with kale and jess you know jess keeps kale alive even though he has no desire to be alive yeah it's really hard and yeah <laughs> here he is still. just a husk i keep trying i keep trying and uh vision like you said it's the iron giant thing he doesn't want to be a gun mm -hmm. right and we have to remember too his sacrifice yes. in Infinity War was specifically so that Thanos couldn't use the stone, which didn't work anyway. Good job. <laughs> well, you know, time stone, timey wimey. Sorry, reference to another media, but still, <laughs> you know, like he he doesn't want that. He is supposed to be the best of humanity in a in a uh, oh i can't say the word robot. automaton a robot <laughs> a robot <laughs> so before we push forward with how things 
ultimately end in the sitcom world, I want to talk a little bit about the real world because there's a lot going on there as well. Uh, This episode does include some more conversations that are meant to kind of refresh your memory or catch you up as far as Scarlet Witch and what she's been up to prior to this show. I found those scenes to be a little bit frustrating. Uh, Phil talked about that last week, how he was annoyed by a lot of the catch-up stuff. This time, it was just... um, it was like they were trying to have an organic conversation, but it was yeah. so obviously not organic. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, this is what she Put was like brief, before. Because nobody knows. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Because I've also, I've been being a crazy person and I've been watching, rewatching the MCU films in alphabetical order. <laughs> oh, we know. Utterly no sense. But it does mean that I've recently watched Age of Ultron, Infinity War, Endgame. Um, so I've seen all those recently. So it's like, yeah, okay, I know. I watched that last week. Okay, sure. fine. But maybe I should save this till the end when we talk about the final reveal. Do you want to do it now? Because I want to talk about the final scene. Uh, do you want to wait a minute? Let's, yeah, let's, okay. let's save okay. it. Let's save it. So one of the interesting things that happens, because I don't think that the, the outside um, stuff was too, too interesting, but there were two pieces that were worth talking about. So the first one is we see how Scarlet Witch acquired the body of the vision. And we learned yeah. that this has only been going on for about a week. And she stormed into, I guess it was shield or sword headquarters. And she took the vision's body. Now this is something that um, actually comes from the comics. Uh, when vision is dead uh, he's getting like dissected um, in the books and they're trying to, you know, figure out what they can do with what's left of him. And Scarlet, which is shown this, uh, she's shown where Vision is being held and um, Vision is rebuilt ultimately, but he doesn't have any of his memories from his old life because of a virus. They weren't able to put Vision back in Vision. And what does that make me think about? It makes me think about this vision now that he doesn't remember his old life. He doesn't remember what life was like before Westview. So that ties into a theory that I'm going to bring up a little bit later, but I thought that was a compelling point yeah. for them to show us. The other thing is that they actually kind of showed us what Monica Rambeau's potential superhero origin could be because right. they talked about the, the what, what, what was it called again? The... Um, the the rays that I forget it's like the yeah. photon rays yeah, or whatever yeah, it's the yeah, yeah. the, the <laughs> old old cosmic radiation from the right. beginning of the big bang and it's the same thing that gave the fantastic for their powers yeah. something microwave something cmbr or something yeah. i think it is yeah. cmbr it, it's okay cat dennings knows an expert in that stuff <laughs> <laughs> uh and so they they mention how um her her readings were were off right and the person who did the readings thought, oh, we'll just do them again. There's probably just a mess up with the actual system. And I believe that that's just going to be her origin for her power set. I agree. Can, can I just say, too, how excited I was to see Monica Rambo? I almost cheered and clapped when I saw her. I was like, yes, come on. This is what we want. Good stuff. Yes. Kel, did you and- do that, too? <laughs> again, this man does not cheer. <laughs> he feels no joy. This man shows no emotion. Just yeah, a husk, baby. Just a husk. <laughs> he is. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely thought that was something. Another thing I wanted to point out was um, we've talked a lot about how they've used shots 
to like bring us in and out of of the the reality shift. Yeah. Uh, and generally, it was that in the sitcom world, it's the framing, it's the SD to to the HD. But this, I thought it was interesting when we were in the '80s stuff. It was like proper full screen, widescreen, mm-hmm. and then it was getting crunched when we went back to the real world. Um, but it was interesting because it was we haven't really seen it with like hard cuts like this before as much. Mm-hmm. It's usually been a bleed of reality in and out, whereas this was like us shifting back between the two um, timelines a little bit, or timelines, whatever, realities a little bit more, yeah. um, which I thought was interesting that they kind of had a diversion there uh, visually, I, I guess, as well. Mm. So they, uh, well, Monica really comes up with a plan to be able to get back in in a way to Westview and speak with um, Wanda. <laughs> oh, bless you. Thank you. And uh, it's a clever strategy. It ends up working out, but it leads to, I don't know if you guys had this moment. You know, I knew that something was going to happen in this episode that was pretty major. I think we probably all did going into it. And so I was looking for, okay, when's it going to happen? Right. And so there's the moment when, um, uh, Scarlet Witch hears something outside the door, I think, and she goes to open the door. And you know, I was thinking, oh my God, who's going to be on the other side of this door? But it was um, the thing that that uh, Sword had had sent in. Yeah, it's an eighties so, drone. Yes, yes, right, the eighties drone. Yeah, and, and so they that was really clever too that they said, okay, let's send something in from the eighties, and that doesn't need to be adjusted, and it'll it'll get through. I thought that was really clever. And it's funny because at first I thought I thought they meant the email because like oh it's just text, yeah. but then I'm like oh it's this old ass drone. <laughs> yeah, and then in a moment of like this was probably the first time in the history of the MCU where I was scared of one of the heroes. Yeah, and when Wanda exits Westview. That scene, that's oh, dude, gorgeous. I was you on your twenty first birthday. <laughs> that's her of kale steps out of line <laughs> when, when she turned all the guns on yeah, him and, and and turned around and like started walking back towards the wall i was literally like shaking and screaming at my tv i was like do it do it yeah. like i wanted to see her go full villain turn but that, that would have been a so pure crazy magneto scene too yes like yeah. all of the x-men movies where he turns everybody's gone and i was like yes here oh we my go. god that's a that's a good point that that visual has been used before in those movies mm-hmm. it was yeah. so cool and who is that oh could it be her dad exactly who's to say yeah and so i think we can just jump into the final sequence um, can i tell you my funny and ridiculous fact now well let me just set the okay. table really Re- really reveal fast, fast. Okay. because you know we we referenced the tension between wanda and vision and we referenced how vision clearly now knows that something is wrong and this was such a heated moment between these two characters, seeing them, you know, almost take like battle stances against each other in a way where they yeah. they fly up and, mm. you know, their powers are flaring up and they're having this argument. And, you know, you could feel how angry Vision is. And we've never really seen him get like angry like this way before. And, you know, he's like, what are you doing? And there's a a sadness there especially if you're a longtime fan of scarlet witch and you know the comics where it's like it's heartbreaking to know that she's not in control like as as in control as she is 
she's also not right because of her mind and it's so sad and vision on one hand wants to work through that and and give her the benefit of the doubt but on the other hand he's like you're doing something bad here she like says things that really raise some like the detail questions of the moral quandary she raises where it's like do you think i'm making everyone go to work every day it makes you really wonder what are these people doing when they're not directly Mm. interplaying with her life or vision's life and so jess i'm actually going to give you the honor of saying the thing okay and then you can tell (laughs) your story i I will set the scene i promise so after this argument she um vision is at work and her children are having a conversation with her um and stuff no wait no i'm getting confused it's the two door scenes that's where the way they set it up right okay yeah so it's after this argument and the doorbell goes and it's after this big moment and she says this isn't me doing it and he's like i want to believe you but i don't know so she goes and opens the door and at the door is her brother quicksilver However, it is the Quicksilver from the X-Men movies and not the guy from the Avengers movies. But my fun fact here is, so bear in mind that I have literally watched this a week ago. I went, oh yeah, it's Quicksilver. And Kale went, oh yeah, they did it. They recast him. And I went, he shaved his beard, I guess. But that's... And then he went to the bathroom and I went, oh shit, that's not him. It's the same character, but it's two different universes. And I, it really took me a long time. Like I said, I have just watched these damn films and I went, oh yeah, no, it's Quicksilver. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of expecting that. And it took me a minute to be like, oh no, it's the other Quicksilver. Oh, okay. So I went into this episode assuming that it would be Doctor Strange, who was going to be the big cameo. I thought so too. And I was looking for the moment many, many times. And so when we saw the person at the door with the white hair, because of the way they framed it, you saw the person from behind and you see the white hair. And I was like, whoa, that's not Doctor Strange. And then I pieced together like the Quicksilver references. And I was like, okay, it's Quicksilver. That's amazing. Right. But not that crazy. Like it's crazy, but it's not that crazy. Yeah. Yeah. For it to be the Fox universe, for it to be Evan Peters Quicksilver was absolutely mind-blowing. That's the mic drop moment of WandaVision, and it justifies the show existing. Think about what it would and have been like. we all go down to our corporate overlords who make exactly. between universes. Ha-ha, <laughs> enjoy, minions. Think about what it would have been like for this to have been a movie, and we're sitting in the in the, in the audience, and that happens, you know? You would have known about it. Yeah, they wouldn't right. have kept that's, it quiet. That's fair. That's that's that's, fair. that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, that's why this is cool. Yeah. Even even still though, you like at eleven p.m. the night before, like there were spoilers all over the internet. Yeah, but you know, it it for a movie like you would know <coughs> it's not the same as a TV. Show There'd be a picture of him on set twelve yeah. months before the movie came out. Yeah. Something you know. And I, I, so again, this is a slight aside, sorry, but for Doctor Who, they're always speculating about who's going to be in it and stuff, and they get journalists like trying to go on set and take photos and stuff. And it's just like, nobody cares. Every British actor will be in Doctor Who at some point. It's a very <laughs> limited pool. So if you say, oh, such and such a Doctor Who, and it's like, yeah, wait a couple of years. But it's, it's like just, it's very different for a TV show. You can, you can have more secrets about it somehow. Like, 
and the, the pacing of that you know it's you've got the main cast and you don't know who they are and they're going to be different characters each time sort of and then you got this and it was, just, it was cool not the marvel guy though but i bet that guy is pretty gutted oh yeah we're gonna bring quicksilver back but uh not you sorry <laughs> something, we're going to bring back the better Quicksilver well something I thought was interesting too is they also acknowledged in universe yeah, that this was yeah. not the same person right because yes. Kat, yep. Kat Dennings is watching the show and she says she recast Pietro right so it's it's a clear acknowledgement again um, for the second time I think since Spider-Man um, right. of yes. a multiverse it, it wouldn't be WandaVision unless they said the quiet part loud and so you complain, but people on Twitter every week have been like, I don't know what's happening. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm sorry. You're smart, Phil. Get over it. They got to talk down to some people. <laughs> I actually thought that was a, a really funny line um, for her to say that. Yeah. Like it was clever because, yeah. you know, you're not even just talking at this point about like in universe stuff. Cause that's not in universe. Evan Peters being Quicksilver is something that a Marvel fan could easily not know. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's it's reasonable to think that people wouldn't know that. Um, yeah. And so, but what was so amazing and, and something we really have to get into now is the differences between those two characters. So, yeah, they have the same name, but almost everything about them yeah. other than that is not the same because, yeah, their powers are the same, but one's a mutant and one is not, mm-hmm. uh, at least right now. At least as, yeah. a, according to what we know. Um, and then also one's father is Magneto and the others is not. Well, one yeah. one's yeah. like a survivor of like an Eastern European war. And like both both him and his sister are like survivors of, of an extremely traumatic Eastern European war in Sokovia. Evan Peters' character lives in his mom's basement and plays arcade and stuff. Well, I think it's also probably worth uh, acknowledging um, something that I – I think I threw out as a theory during one of our Spider-Man conversations where just because this is the same actor doesn't necessarily mean it's that Pietro either, right? Like this could be another Pietro from another universe that happens to look like Evan Peters rather than Kick-Ass, whose name I can't remember. I think that would be a waste. Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think I, th- I think that would be a waste. I think that because of how look at look at how everyone reacted like yeah. the internet yeah. exploded if they were to just say well yeah he looks like the guy he's not that actual guy that would take all the heat out of this it would make it extra convoluted for audiences too yeah but you get the heat from that first moment of yeah. everyone blowing yeah. it up and then they can do whatever that, they want with it that's why i hit the end of that episode and next week they can fill it with their bullshit yeah. <laughs> maybe i hope it's the same guy because i do too yeah you know the, the the concept of the multiverse only works if it is. Yeah. Um, if it's some other dude who looks like Evan Peters, like okay, whatever. But um when you when you tie this into Spider-Man, like like Pete mentioned, now we understand why they've been kind of talking about WandaVision, Spider-Man 3, and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness as like a as like a soft trilogy, uh conceptually, okay. because they yeah. are now we see, wow, these are all related. Mm-hmm. Um so it's super exciting. It's really awesome. And I wonder now, which is something I wrote off, are they going to use this show to, not this show only, but like the whole arc to introduce mutants? I I think there's a chance. And I also think I wanted to uh, 
pull on another thing that I saw a lot of people talking about. We I brought up earlier how the you know, cosmic radiation, whatever the fuck that we can't remember the name of, that is the origin of the powers of the Fantastic Four seems to now be connecting to Monica Rambo getting powers. Um, there was also a nod uh, where Monica talks about knowing an aerospace engineer that she can contact, right. where a lot of people were like, oh, like, well, last week they made a, or in four, episode four, they made a bunch of acknowledgement or nods lightly to the Fantastic Four. Could this be Reed Richards? I'm going to say probably not, but I, I do think that there's probably the intention of that being a red herring that they think people will pick up on to that. I read an interview with, I believe it was the showrunner of uh, WandaVision. And they said that that was a very large coincidence that ah. uh, they were trying, they were trying to figure out how to make all the like science techie stuff make sense. And this is what they came up with. And it just so happened to be that it, that it had a relationship to, the Fantastic Four. That doesn't mean they're not going to use that. It just means that for this person, that was not their intent. That's so it bizarre. Be that they see all the fan theories and they're like, "Yes, that well, was well, what I wanted to do." <laughs> and, and to take it back to something we said on the main show this week, there's also the chance that they're like, "No, no, no, that's not what I mean." That they're sure. deflecting, and that like actually yeah. they'll be like, "Ha ha, gotcha." <laughs> That's my kind of point is what what's the reason of having a line like that if it wasn't a nod to something like Reed Richards? Because it's such a throwaway line that doesn't really mean anything unless it does have that kind of thread attached to it. Well, but also she, you know, is a captain in the Air Force or whatever who, you know, is very highly regarded. It works in a secret top security base with... Which is know, a perfect opportunity to introduce him, though. Well, yeah. But it's not unreasonable that she was texting her buddy and who, you know, she goes out for a beer with every now and then. And is that person is an aerospace engineer. Sure. Yeah, but dialogue wise, like writing should have a purpose. Right. But that's not that doesn't it's doesn't matter now. Now that we know that Fox characters can be pulled in here. You know, you have an opportunity to pull the best part of those Fox movies. Bring in Michael Fassbender, please. You don't like that suggestion? Yeah, yeah you, nobody That's... saw Jess's face on the audio side of things. <laughs> she was not pleased with that suggestion. <laughs> Let's just say there were many chins. It was that much of a face. <laughs> Earthworm face. Oh, boy. Um, so we've, we've talked about what happened. How do you guys feel about it? How do you feel about this episode in a vacuum? How do you feel about it as it relates to everything else that's going on? And what do you think this means for the show itself? I, I'm I'm with the same opinion that Jess outlined earlier, right? Like, I've been on this train since the ep first episode. Like, I appreciate what the show is putting down. Like, on, on a both a, a technical level um, in terms of just, you know, it's nods to sitcoms and, and all that fun stuff. I, I'm enjoying it for that alone. Um, but I really appreciate what this is doing for the MCU. Uh, it's it's actively pushing it in a in a more you know creative direction. This is I think unarguably the most unique piece of MCU media. Um, it's extremely extremely different from every other you know movie that they've uh, put out before. And you know, I think the one of the biggest criticism even levied by fans is that the house style is the house style, and there's not a ton of room for getting outside of that. And I think this this show is showing um, how you can kind of exist within the house, but do something that feels fresh 
and that, you know, can still be meaningful and still have weight and not be like a dumb side thing, you know? Um, and for that, I'm, I'm super stoked about it. And this episode, I think, um, for me struck a better balance between kind of what Phil, I think critiqued it for last week of being a little too info dumpy where like, this was kind of a good mix of here's contextualization of what's going on in the main storyline, but here's actual, you know, the narrative that you showed up for the TV stuff. Um, particularly in that, that final scene, you know, and, and that, you know, breaking of the fourth wall and the credits and the fight and all those things, right? Like we were kind of missing that last week a little bit. And this week, you know, for me, it, it struck a real perfect balance. I think of, of everything that the show has been delivering for me as a, as a fan. Yeah. Just to that point, Pete, I think we're also not going to see this again. You know, this is the launch point for all our new shows that's going to come like the winter soldier and all of those ones that are going to go back to the same old thing. Like, let's mm-hmm. face it, like they'll probably be enjoyable, but they're not going to be any of this creativity and Wanda's powers are really the only one we could play with that with. Like that's the only one you could do something like that with. So I, I, I do think you're right. I think it's fresh. I think it's creative. I think it's different and it will probably go back to the norm after this. Um, but yeah, we're really picking up the pace in this episode. You know, we're halfway through now. So I think things are just going to keep building really quickly. Like I said, I would have been happy with just a whole series of sitcom. And then end of series one, be like, oh, but real one. I know. Like, I, I would have enjoyed that. I would have I'm with fine. you. <laughs> I could have done but, with twice as many episodes easily. But I, I get it. And I know that they need to move it along a bit more and keep people interested so yeah i'm still very much with it i'm very happy with it i enjoy it very very much yeah bring on bring on more of it i want to see how it ends and what they do with it so uh kale i know you haven't been a really big fan of the show so far did this episode change that for you at all not especially um what i found clever was the way they subvert the expectation of Quicksilver like they lay the thread and you have the thought oh I bet that's what's going to happen but because of everything we know in the meta they finally drop that hammer and it's you know and it's mapped out the future Mm. Um, so that I think that is big and clever and what they did there was good it's still you know fine for me all right how about you phil yeah i also think it's just fine i i uh, i like this episode enough i didn't think well i would say a lot of the um, real world stuff i didn't really care for just the cat cat De- dennings and um uh, what's his name jimmy Wu. you said yeah those scenes i'm not I, i'm not terribly crazy about that said i think my favorite scene in the entire episode is when wanda comes out of the bubble and com- confronts the soldiers i think that was a really um impactful scene it really just like it 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 drew all the attention in for for good reason um and i I, i'm still kind of intrigued by all the stuff that's happening within westview so um it's pretty good i i i would still say overall it's just fine um i am curious where it goes as for greater implications and everything of the mcu um We'll see. This is a, an ambitious idea to try to bring in other Marvel things that weren't done in-house. Uh, it's it's going to be um, 
some tough plates to spin, but I wouldn't be surprised if they can do it well. Feels like the only way they can really up the ante at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all in. Destroyed, so. <laughs> Sorry, Jess. Half the world just got destroyed in uh, Infinity War and Endgame, and then broke back again. Where'd you go from there? You <laughs> yeah. made a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only logical conclusion. <laughs> I I think this show's brilliant. Uh, it's so refreshing and exciting. I didn't even need to be refreshed, but I didn't know I needed this. But it turns out I did, and. Uh, it's so incredible, and I can't wait to see what more they have to show us. This makes Spider-Man 3 so much more exciting and makes Doctor Strange so much more exciting. And now we really know that like anything can happen in the Marvel Universe. You know, The same way we know that about the comics, we now know that about the movies and TV shows, and that's cool. Yeah, it does feel more comic-y to me, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the movies and stuff, like you get vague threads of what happens in the comics that they splice together like this one feels a little bit more like the comic story and how it progresses in a in a fun and creative way and i think it's really cool that i feel like um as somebody who like bought in on the mcu in 2008 right and is still here engaging with it like i i like that um i'm kind of being rewarded mm. for being a longtime fan that like now you know we've gotten to a point where like superheroes and like some of the broader concepts of superheroes aside from what the general culture was already familiar with are so much more digestible than they would have been in 2008 or 2012 or, or whatever. Right. Where like, I remember in 2011 in a pre Avengers world, having the thought of, man, how are they going to sell the idea that Thor and Iron Man and Captain America are all on the same team to general audiences. And here we are now being like, so multiverses are a thing. Um, and people don't bat an eye. They're just like, oh, that's hype. Um, that's cool. And it's, it's, it's cool that we made it this far. So I said I had a big theory. And I want to take just a little bit of time to get on my soapbox and present that for you guys. Um, because I've been thinking a lot about how this show is going to end. And so I've been scouring the internet, reading various articles and crackpot theories and maybe what i'm about to present is one of those but um i think it's at least worth thinking about so there's two ways this can go in my mind as far as villains are concerned i'll start with the one that i think is more likely so i think that it's possible that um this show is going to introduce us to Kang. So Kang... What? <laughs> okay. Kang has a deep relationship with Scarlet Witch and Vision. Uh, in fact, there was an issue... I, I forget. I think it was the when they were introducing all new, all different Avengers or all new Avengers or whatever it was in that era of Marvel uh, as a lead-in to the Vision book, there was an issue that featured a scene in which uh, Kang goes back in time to, I believe it was, to steal the babies of Scarlet Witch and Vision. I believe that's what he was doing. Right. Um, And he's been obsessed with them for a very long time. In fact, Immortus, who is an alternate of Kang, right, Um, he, he 
tried he's tried to steal those kids a few times. <laughs> this guy sucks at kidnapping. He's he's obsessed with those kids. He's obsessed with Scarlet Witch. Um and she's like a I believe they call her a Nexus body or a Nexus being. And so what that means is that in every multiverse, she's like one of the centerpiece characters to it. And so I think the story was that Kang felt that if he were able to manipulate the Scarlet Witch, it would give him access to more than just the time space of this universe, Mm -hmm. but to all the multiverses. And so the idea of, of her as that type of figure makes a lot of sense when you consider that we're about to start dealing with the multiverse in a big way. And Kang, if that what I just said is where they're going to go in the films, then Kang wanting access to the multiverse to dominate the whole multiverse, not just the universe as he's known for, could be a compelling story and maybe where they want to go with Kang in the future to make him the big bad of this phase of the MCU. Um, What what if Doctor Strange is about that? Like what if Kang kidnaps the twins and goes and jumps through the portal, and then Doctor Strange and the Multiverse Madness, whatever, is Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange chasing them down. It's very possible. Exactly. We don't yet know exactly who the villain of Doctor Strange will be. We only know that Kang will appear uh, for sure in Ant-Man and Wasp in the Quantum Realm. Quantum Madness, I think it's called. Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania, thank (laughs) you. Um, And it's heavily rumored and speculated and I endorse this theory that he will appear in Loki. But that's one theory. The other theory is that, and this is so ridiculous, but that Arnim Zola is behind this, or at least has a role to play. I know, Kale. I see the face. You fucking twice. You just <laughs> blew my head off. I, okay. I, I've been expecting Mephisto. I've been expecting uh, the other. Uh, I have a bargain. Uh, what's his name? Dormammu. Four. Fine. So, okay, now we all know that Arnim Zola has no body, right? In yeah. Captain America Winter Soldier, we see that my he man lives is, inside a Commodore 64. He's in all yeah, he's on all those teams. <laughs> that's what he that's what he did with his body. Um, fun fact, that scene takes place in New Jersey. Where's Westview, New Jersey? Oh shit. Uh hey Pete. An interest for you. That's why I'm the only <laughs> consistent member of this podcast. I can't leave. It's in New Jersey. <laughs> bad things happen in New Jersey. You it's true. Everyone from New true. Jersey should stay in New Jersey, Pete. <laughs> Whatever. You live there too, motherfucker. You got the stink on you. <laughs> uh, but that's not the only thing that I have to suggest that maybe he's involved. So also, uh, he needs a body. Vision is dead. If Scarlet Witch brings Vision back, Fuck. Arnim Zola can take his body. So Vision obviously is an extremely powerful character. There really isn't a body that Arnim could create that would be more powerful than Vision's. And this presents a perfect opportunity. If Scarlet Witch is convinced to bring him back to life, he can use this opportunity to slip in to the Vision's body. Um, again, the idea of sword and shield being co-opted by hydra is not new in fact arnim zola was behind hydra during the captain america winter soldier era so if there's any like remnants of that left over maybe this is his ultimate plan to get a body isn't hayward related to somebody who is sketchy too i'm not aware 
I think I, director I, Hayward I is. Seen that. Yeah, I have seen that. I'm gonna look this up. Keep going. Go ahead, Jessica. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, well, I was just gonna say Zola would also know about Scarlet Witch because in this world that she and Pietro got their ex- their powers from Hydra experiments. They were radicalized, as as said in the info dump. They were radicalized by Hydra. He would know about it. There's possibility that he would be in the computers in Sokovia when they were doing those experiments. So, and also, yeah. guy lives in a TV. Who better to set up a sitcom life for Scarlet Witch? And also, uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver did not grow up in America. They don't know much about American life, but outside of this country, what might they have been watching to pass the time? Motherfucking television. (laughs) Right. Exactly right. And that's how they learn English. What kinds of commercials do they keep showing us in Hydra the show? Yeah. Hydra commercials. You know, Sean, you said this, and I went, what? No. Well, you know what? You, you convinced me. Listen, I'm all right. Actually, I wanted to bring this up. Did, did, you, did you guys notice what the commercial this time was referencing? Yes. Yes. Uh, the, one, the one about uh, the, the cleaning, right? Yeah, it was, was Lagos. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. The cleaning the Lagos. mess you didn't mean to make, yeah. Which yes, is the exactly. building she accidentally blows yeah. up and kills all those people. And what's yeah. the thing that oh. spills? It's red wine. Yeah. And yep. what does she do before she wipes it up with the next leading brand? She just touches it with her hands, and her hands are all red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Come on. Hands Absolutely. red and blood on your hands, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yep. thought that one was pretty clever. What what do you guys think about the other one? Since we just brought that up, what do you think about the the other adverts? There's been one for a watch, which I sort of read as time running out in this world somehow. Mm. Um, I don't remember the other one. No, I, I don't remember. Sorry. There's been so many of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, one was a toaster. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that was the first one. Well, you know, robots are toasters. Battlestar Galactica. That was my immediate thought, but yeah. (laughs) So that, yeah, those are my theories. Um, We'll see if they come to pass. I'm getting off my soapbox now. You guys know if you listen to the main show that I love presenting crazy theories. And at least in the case of my Spider-Man theories, those have been accurate. So we'll see what happens. But in any event, thank you so much for joining us uh, in Westview this week to discuss WandaVision on We Watched WandaVision Thank you to Jess for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate your contributions as always. Um, hopefully you'll come back and visit us in this nice Jersey town. Um, I see the face, Kale. Hey, Jersey's not that bad. There's no kids. There's no kids there. It's the best There's part. Now. Bad. Yeah, yeah. But they're growing up real fast. Yeah, That's true, too. They, they grow up so fast. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be empty nesters by the end of you know the next episode. So, what? empty nesters. Oh, okay. <laughs> Make sure that you guys come back to join us next week. We're going to continue until this show is over. Uh, and of course, if you aren't aware, we do have a weekly podcast that talks about all the comics, all the movies, TV shows, everything that you love all the characters you love. We talk about every single week. So make sure you guys hit up the comics pals podcast to see if what we're talking about over there is your cup of tea. 
Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you next time on We Watched Watchmen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the next you know crossover. You know what? We, that was bound to happen. I know, right? It, it, it was going to happen eventually. We we did that for so many episodes. Uh, it's We Watched WandaVision. Thank you for joining us. Take care, guys. Catch you next week.